Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. There you go. I got some Hello. audio. I've got you now. How you doing, my brother? Yeah, cool. Going good. <laughs> good. I, I, wanna... I had, to, had to reboot the computer. You know what? Um, no worries. It took me 25 minutes to boot mine today, and uh, it was coming oh, wow. up with what looked to be like a virus. It was on my hard drive, or something had went wrong. It was crazy, but oh. praise God, we made it. And um, I want to thank you for working with us tonight, Peter. We've had a couple technical issues on my end that precluded our last shows, but thank you for coming on. How you doing tonight, my brother? Yeah, no, going good, and um, happy to be here, of, of course, and um, uh, glad to hear your voice again. Hello to everyone listening as well. <laughs> Peter Whiffin, coming and, to you from Gold Coast of Australia. Why do they call it the Gold Coast? Um, it's a resort town, and the beaches are golden. Ah. So, uh, yeah, and um, it's a place, it's a bit like Florida, but, and California mixed into one, and Hawaii. <laughs> beautiful beaches? The beautiful beaches. Do you have to worry about Some, any crocodiles or, <laughs> or great whites out there? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's plenty of sharks. They've got shark nets, which I don't know what they do, but ah, anyway. Really? There's, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's sharks. There's... Uh, Great white sharks here and uh, sharks Whoa. in the canals and all of that. Some people get taken now and again. Wow. Shark attack. <laughs> you know, you were raised, born and raised in Australia, is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. and you've been a um, um, spear fisherman yeah. and diver, so you get pretty used to it after a while. Probably doesn't phase you, does it? Um, no, uh, I don't do diving anymore, but I used to. Uh, up in Fiji, we had some wonderful times, uh, free diving and uh, spearing fish. Oh, beautiful. Man. That is amazing. Absolutely beautiful. If, if yeah. you were going to dive, um, would you be all right yeah. as long as you carried a spear uh, a, a spear gun or a bank stick? 
Yeah, most I think most of the sharks are fine. It's just the big ones. Like the, you know, I wouldn't like to be in the water with a great white shark or a big tiger shark or something. But but you could if you saw it come and push it away, I suppose. But that, uh, that's amazing. I've always wondered, Peter, if if sharks have, really have the intelligence that they think, hey, you know, I, I'm going to get me some 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 human today. Well, yeah. God says in Genesis nine that the animals have to pay if they kill a man. That's true, but I wonder if some of them are like humans. They're rebellious. They don't. Give, they don't really care. <laughs> well, you could always you could always whip out the passage and read it to them. You know, <laughs> just remind them. <laughs> I heard the way you know if you have met a Christian shark or not is before it eats you. It says grace. Lord, thank you for the food that I'm about to partake of, and then <laughs> chomp. Yes. <laughs> well, enough about sharks. I appreciate this uh, dust I'm going to eat. <laughs> I'm just, I'm always intrigued by the, the sea and, and sharks and so forth. It's just kind of cool to meet people yeah. that um, they went out there and dived and bra- that's bravery right there, I'll tell you. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. And uh, Peter, I'm going to throw the mic to you. Would you like to open up your show in prayer? Yeah. Um, uh, dear Father God, we thank you. We love you and we praise you. And uh, we ask you to be with us today. Uh, be with us always. But to be with us today, and um, I ask that uh, that you help us to uh, to know you more, and to uh, uh, to live in peace, and to uh, open the ears, grant us to understand, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and help us to overcome in this life, so that we can um, be what you made us to be. And uh, I pray today that um, that the right people uh, or people that need to can can have a listen and get something from today that may help them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And, you know, (laughs) folks, some of you may say you sure to ask some strange questions. (laughs) I'm just intrigued by it. You know, I'm intrigued by uh, a lot of things. I watched this documentary, Peter, called uh, The Curse of Oak Island. Yeah. Hunting Hitler. I'm curious what happened to the 10,000 Nazis who escaped. What truly happened to Hitler? Is there anything down there in Oak Island? Uh, I'm interested in the deep sea. You know, I'm just curious. Yeah. I I kind of like exploration, you know. Um, hey, what a, yeah. It's interesting. What about this? What about this? If, if we get a boat and come up your way. Wow. Um, and uh, maybe we could go around a couple of islands and uh, where no one goes. Maybe play the Jesus movie. You were maybe, telling me about maybe. that. Yeah. I'm, I'm that... looking at one. Uh, at the moment, I'm looking at one and uh, yeah, praying, see if it uh, can come to pass. And uh, what I can do is uh, sail it up from Darwin in Australia, maybe base in Darwin. And uh, sail it up. It's a hop, skip, and a jump across to where you are from, from us in Darwin. Peter, were you telling me that um, your father used to um, sail to the islands? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. What did he do? He, 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 had, a, uh, he had a catamaran that uh, uh, belonged to a guy up in uh, Singapore. So one day, uh, well, he'd sailed it uh, from Fiji back to Australia, and uh, he lived on it. And uh, I'm fortunate enough, I've got the movie. I, I should put it up on YouTube because it's a bit like a really nice adventure movie. Really? And 
Yeah, and there's a testimony in it. Um, uh, he decided to deliver this yacht up to Singapore, and he didn't have a lot of money left. He sort of like spent a lot, you know, doing what he did. And anyway, um, he's sailing up through the pirate areas, right up through uh, the Malacca Straits and <laughs> wow. all through there. And he's got guns and uh, he's gone treasure hunting, looking for looking for treasure and all this sort of stuff. And uh, are you still there? Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm thinking that sounds yeah. like a good movie. I'd like to watch that myself. That sounds like he had a lot of adventure. Yeah, so so one night I um one night I got sort of woken up in the middle of the night with with him in, on my mind and a, a feeling of deep worry. So I I start praying for him intercession, and uh, when he gets back on his movie, he's got uh one day they're running around the boat they're out of money out of fuel uh no wind, and uh, my dad's running around saying we need a miracle we need a miracle, and um. The next day, floating in front of the boat is all these uh, bags of goods that had fallen off the ship, supposedly, and they were able to hook them in that had food and stainless steel, pots and pans, and all of that. So um, that was the miracle. Hello, you still there? I'm still here. Uh, our connection seemed to be fading just a little bit. Are you on Wi-Fi or Ethernet? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hooked in with a cable. Okay, you got the cable. But, um, That's the best way. Yeah, I'm hooked in with a cable. Okay, it may be at my um, end. I'm not sure why it's slow. You know what? It could be my end. Can you hold just a second? Let me see if I can fix it. I'll call you right back. Hold okay, on. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no. Folks, let me try my other connection because the audio was going down, so it could be my end. Hold on. Okay, we're going to bring it back. Peter, welcome back. <laughs> How'd it go? Ah, that's that's very good. I that's should good. be. Yep, that's good. That's fine. So you're dead. Um, he made a movie. That's pretty cool, man. Like a documentary of his trip. Yeah. And uh, I got the disc, so um, I just got to. Uh, I, I better put it up on YouTube while I think of it. Dude, put it up on YouTube. I'd love to see that. Um, yeah. Do you ever see the Contiki Voyage, where they, you know, yeah. film this? Is it something yeah. like that? It's they just run like around. That. Wow. It's like that, and they, they visit, they row in, they see the chiefs, and all this sort of stuff. And uh, floating in front of the boat was all these uh, piles of uh, goods. The next day, he got his miracle, and uh, they were able to sell it all at the next port and get the money to uh, continue. That's amazing. So, uh, what adventure that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. The only problem I would have. So what about. What? Yeah. Is they better have a bathroom on board because if you got to jump off the boat to do number two. Brother, I might be holding it the whole way for fear that Jaws might try to eat me as I was doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's right. You got to think about those kind of things. Look. I'm going to tell you, folks, you say, that's not, look, I had, I did a trip one time. I went out for seven days to Bristol Bay in Alaska, and um, it was supposed to be great. But nobody told me that the boat we were getting on, Peter, 
as we were going yes. out on Bristol Bay to hunt for red sockeye salmon, yes. that the, the bathroom was out of order. And I said, well, that's great. <laughs> so what do I do? Where do you use the bathroom? Well, you see that five-gallon paint bucket right there? Yeah. What about it? you got to take that. You go up on deck. There's a rope. You throw it into the sea, and you pull back up water, and you've got to sit on top of that. And I'm saying, you've got to be kidding me. And then when you're done, you throw it overboard. Well, if that's not bad enough, nobody also told me that all the ships kind of come in at night and more around each other. So I got up in the morning. I had to use the bathroom, as you would expect to do in the morning. And I got the five-gallon bucket, went up on the deck, and lo and behold, there's like 100 ships. And we're like the smallest one out there. People are so tall they can look off their deck. I mean, come on. Talk about a dilemma. What are you going to do? I'm just saying. So, you know, folks, be think about it twice before you want to go out on a deep-sea adventure. They better have a bathroom that works. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. How we be going to the islands? I think there's about 18,000 islands up where you are. And uh, not enough lifetime to visit every one of them. Dude, I can hardly even so, fathom that. I know... A hundred islands is a lot, but thirteen or eighteen, whatever it is, thousand islands—that's hard to thousand. believe. Hard to believe. No a lot of them don't have a hotel on it, so um, you know they don't have any accommodation. They just got got like nine hundred people or something like that. So I've heard. Uh, no church, so everybody grows up there. No one's really going there, and um, so I don't know they probably got the internet. But anyway, um, if you turned up in a boat and like gave them stuff and all, the, I was thinking of having like a jumping castle, and uh, turn up and let the kids jump on the castle, and after asking, you know, the boss of the place, and then say there's a movie on tonight and play some cartoons and then uh, the Jesus movie, see what happens. I think it's a great idea, but as long as you do your research first to make sure you don't land on Cannibal Island, you don't want to land up there and then. Next thing you know, they want to eat you like chicken. Come out with a bow and arrows. <laughs> oh, we take Carl Anderson with us. He knows, uh, he knows martial arts, you know. <laughs> uh, I want to welcome everybody. It's a, We're just warming up tonight. Um, I want to welcome you to the broadcast. We've got Peter Whiffin live from Gold Coast. And, Peter, we love having you on. God has given you a lot of revelations from his word as you study it. Study out the meaning, and uh, what's God put on your heart to talk about tonight? Well, um, you know, I was thinking about the ultimate. What's our ultimate uh, pursuit? What you know? What what do we really want? And I, I was thinking about myself, and and uh, when I talk to people, and um, isn't everything we do really in in the pursuit of peace? So Good question. I'm thinking about talking. I'm thinking about talking that tonight. Where's my peace? Um, is there enough grace happening in our life? And and maybe what what should we do if if all hell's breaking loose? Um, you know, I can just share with what I've learned, um, uh, and uh, we could talk about that subject and what what God is saying in the in the Bible about that let's do it go um, for it i thought 
Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, all right. Um, you know, it's a big subject. So, uh, <laughs> well, it is the subject because um, we can we could start off with the foundation that that Jesus is um, the Prince of Peace. So, so that means he's in charge of of peace. You know, and um, the good news, the gospel is is was to be preached off a of peace. You know, go out, he's told them, into a worthy house, find a worthy house and, and offer uh, peace. And uh, sometimes people can't receive the peace and uh, other times people can. So um, it's our business, I believe, uh, if we're talking about the church as a business, or, or that's our pursuit, maybe a better word, maybe. So... Um, uh, you know, we're getting a lot of calls uh, during the week, uh, ministering, uh, deliverance and um, uh, help for people. And um, basically, I, I figured everybody is like wanting peace. So um, uh, what do you do, though? Um, you know, are there times in my life where, and, and there are times where I don't feel very peaceful at all, you know, I feel terrible. And um, I used to used to have issues with um, different things and uh, it caused me a lot of grief, uh, worry and um, all of that sort of stuff. So um, if, uh, if Jesus is uh, the Prince of Peace, then um, what are we going to do about that and, and is there hope for those that are all of us that are, or any of us that are uh, not peaceful? Um, so uh, what I did today was just uh, put together something about that. I, I think the first thing to do, um, first thing to do is is is, uh, is to ask questions, um, and I, I believe the first thing we can do is ask God the question because this is the way to re revelation. Uh, believing that God Almighty has made us and and He's in touch with us, and He's actually in us should we be born again, um, and He's put Himself. Emmanuel, God inside us. So uh, the tendency is like to to look outside. What's disturbing my peace? Not enough money. Someone upsetting me. I have to live with this person, or I have to do this, or this job, or whatever. But uh, could there be uh, the answer inside of us, just waiting there for us to dig it out? It's the honor of kings to search a matter out, and uh, somewhere it reads that God helps us to search our hearts so um, I believe like I believe now we can go into uh, seeking the the revelation for ourselves by coming as a child uh, it says the kingdom of heaven belongs to little children right so what do little children do um, little children ask the questions it's like like the meek inherit the earth so when um, when little children ask the questions, they drive their parents crazy, you know, like, what's this? What's that? Why this and all the other things? So why can't we, why can't we do that with God and ask and question everything? So um, uh, I put together 12 questions that, and it's not exhaustive. It's just 12 questions that I thought of uh, that, that may be ones just to spark the interest in looking the first question is, what's the questions I should ask? <laughs> That's, that could be the best question. 
and um, as the lights go on and the revelation comes from, from God within us, working together with us, the questions will come and then we can uh, maybe dig out some answers. So um, the first question that I came up with was, uh, who's the problem? And, um, you know, uh, thinking about who is the problem, we, we can't do much about what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is thinking, what everyone else's grief they're causing us. And uh, maybe if we have a look, it could be we are the problem and we don't see it. You know, uh, uh, as we know, the, the corruption has come into the creation when um, when the assumption was made that, that, that you could eat from the tree and it wouldn't hurt you. And uh, that allowed the evil to come in and corrupt the whole of the creation. And um, could it be that we're making assumptions that's ruining us as far as our life is and our creation? Could it be that if we were to look like a little child at ourself, like honestly, face the hard truth, maybe it's a hard truth, maybe it's not, but it could be, uh, and see... First of all, the best place to start is with us because we've got lordship given to us as a gift from God over our own selves. Um, second question is, um, could my answers be already inside me? <clears throat> like God says uh, in some passages there that the law of God is written in our hearts. Could it be that our creator that made us has hotwired us, hardwired us, put in us the answers we need for our life. You know, if we could, if we hope in that and look for that, maybe it's there, and and the answer will come. You know, I know in my life I've had problems, and and I've gone to sleep and woken up with the answer the next day, or in a few days, or be just walk along, boom, the answer just comes to me. So. Um, just uh, thinking that the law of God is written in our hearts and, and that law of God, could, we, if we have a look, it's many-folded. It could be very big. Look at the size of the complex science in the universe. So in us, <clears throat> we could have all the answers for our complexities of our life. Already in us. And I, and I think it's somewhere it says our spirit bears witness with his spirit of, of the truth. And, uh, you know, if we're going to look in and, and get through the sea of deception and get down to the core core root of it. And um, I, I think that's the basis for faith, um, faith in God's faithfulness or trust in God's faithfulness, that, that God is faithful and um, righteous, uh, where righteousness really should mean doing the right thing like God has made us and, and done the right thing by equipping the inside of us so you know those that are having struggles maybe maybe it's time to just you know sit down quietly and have a good old think about us where the distraction may be thinking about others <clears throat> and the third one I came up with um, that I was thinking about was um, this question Am I making assumptions? Um, you know, Eve died from an assumption, caused Adam's death, caused the death of everyone, 
from the assumption of, of don't even touch from the tree, don't even touch the tree and you'll die. The snake says to her, you know, what did God say? And he, she says, don't eat from the tree, you'll die. Don't even touch it, you'll die. <clears throat> so she's adding assumptive data, adding assumption to the truth. And, um, you know, if we, if we start asking the questions, questioning everything, like kids, children's, what am I assuming, you know? Uh, I've heard of testimonies of people who have been so upset with someone for years and then they finally met and talked and, and that other one they were so upset with doesn't even know what happened. It was all for nothing, just an assumption. Um, someone blamed something happened and even doctrine, uh, doctrines of assumption, uh, not checking things out for ourselves. So, you know, that's one, checking assumptions. I, I, myself, I think I lost millions of dollars over assumptions, making wrong assumptions or assumptions that hurt me. So I think assumptions are really dangerous. They're, they're the most dangerous things going. And um, it's, it's one to just stick your finger on. Um, another one that could be causing a lot of grief is, is are my prayers right? Um, what do you mean? Are your prayers right? I just pray, you know, and um, uh, <clears throat> you know. Um, but are they correctly done according to the uh, the way? Like Jesus gave the example, I am the way, and if we look in his life, he's showing that he demonstrated the way. So if we if we if we have a look at how he prayed, and and the model prayer, the Lord's prayer, and different other prayers, how he prayed. <clears throat> to to guide us in the correct correct prayers, because um, uh, it, it may uh, may be that uh, we're praying in a way that's cursing. Uh, we mightn't think that. We might think it's a blessing, you know. But um, you know, uh, are we praying? Uh, are we praying in a way that's that's incorrect? And and if we're doing that. Um, could that curse be coming back and landing on us? <laughs> and we, we don't know why it keeps occurring, but we keep praying the same way and the curse keeps coming back on us because the scripture reads, let those that love cursing have it back on their own head, even though we can be praying with all our heart, loving it, but but actually praying incorrectly. So so that's, uh, that's something to think about. Like myself, I was thinking, uh, what, what is like a witchcraft prayer? Ooh, witchcraft, you know, well, is it possible for a Christian to do witchcraft? Well, a, a Christian is a king and a Christian can do anything they want. So um, it, Jesus said when we pray, we pray, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and um, hallowed be your name. But are we praying our will on someone else? Like, oh, let the... Uh, let him fail so he he doesn't uh, uh, get that job or let let him uh, have an argument with that girl because I don't like her. And uh, prayers of projecting our will onto the life of others. Um, I, I, I think that um, we can have an attitude of what we want. That's fine. But, but, but is it the best for everyone? This type of uh, this type of thinking that 
Now, the best for everyone includes the best for us too, but the best for everyone uh, may mean that um, we have to lay aside a little bit of what we want and, and just be happy that they're happy. Um, you know, is praying our will on someone else going to cause a curse to come back on us and then we don't know why that's hitting us and we have to suffer? Um, number five is uh, thinking about what agreements have I made? Um, oaths, agreements, promises, commitments. Now, now these can be um, these can be really key uh, to causing us grief in our life. Uh, Jesus warned about it. Uh, he he said, you know, um, don't do oaths. Anyone that asks you to do an oath is, is, is from the evil one. And there's people die because of oaths. Uh, we know the secret societies work on oaths if we're looking at the corporate thing. And uh, it's all through our society too. And um, Jesus said that the world works by benefactors, but not so you. So so we, we, we have a different way of working in the kingdom of God than the world. Which swears oaths of even oaths of allegiance, um, uh, you know, with respect to flags, and because uh, you can get caught with oaths. Um, once we make an oath, God's saying you're stuck. Because He saves us by an oath, He it's like forgiveness. He's expecting us to. Our oaths. It's, it's one of the things he does. He, he forgives. We've got to forgive. He 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 sets his oath. We've got to keep our oaths. <clears throat> so Jesus warned about taking oaths and to be very careful. But we can be deceived into oaths um, by accepting a gift, making saying yes. Uh, how else can we do it? Letting someone lay hands on us that we don't know. Oh, can I can I pray for your sister? Uh, and they go, yeah, that's an oath. And now you've bowed down and you're receiving whatever that person has for you. So how do you know what that person has for you is good? Um, and blindly agreeing to be prayed for, like uh, sending your name on a form into big ministries. Now, what happens if they've got a, a person in the alcohol on the prayer team in those not saying they do, but they might have someone who gets hold of that list that's in the alcohol, and now you've given approval blanket, like a blank check to 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 be afflicted by or affected or blessed or whatever by that that ministry. So um, you need to be careful about who um, who we say pray for me. Um, that's one, um, and uh, but God has made a safety valve for us. Because we're kings, whatever we proclaim and and, be, and do as an oath becomes um, law. The king sets the law of the land, and we set the law of our body, which is the land we're, we're kings of. And um, so we may agree with a doctor that we, we have this or could get that or our family line has this or could get that, and that becomes like a, a two-folded agreement. And, and it's like when two or more agree, it's touching something, it shall be done. And it's not limited to just blessings. It can be actually limit to calamity. So um, God's got a, uh, uh, because he's the king of kings, 
<coughs> Jesus, the king of kings, he can override the oath of a king because he's the king of kings. But it's conditional upon the king presenting that oath to the king of kings. Uh, the whole story of that is in Numbers uh, chapter 30 where it talks about the father disallowing the vows of the mother and daughter. It doesn't say the son, by the way. It says mother and daughter. And it's a type and shadow, I believe, of God in the church. So when we ask, it says on the day he hears it, he can forgive the oath. We can be um, caught with oaths in dreams. We can have some sort of dream. Might have a dream where we're robbing a bank and, 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 and get a kick out of the action and agree with robbing the bank. Next thing you know, we've got ourselves in an agreement with something that's going to open a door for us to get afflicted. <clears throat> I'm a believer in covering your dreams in the morning, <clears throat> if you can remember them, and just praying, God, take me out of agreement with um, any oath in my in my dream. Uh, that uh, that one with oaths, I, I think, is a very unrecognised one, and uh, we cover that with people, and uh, they seem to some people seem to have got delivered the minute they started asking God to release them from oaths. By the way, there's a, a passage uh, later on I'll talk about in First Kings chapter ten, which we found the first deliverance uh, with Queen Sheba being delivered of a spirit at King Solomon's table of peace. And um, her name, by the way, means sevenfolded oath. So the next one, number six, is um, what am I hoping for that's not happening? Are there things that um, are disappointing me all the time that that's really taking away my peace in my life, making me feel lousy? Uh, the scripture says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Um, and Jesus saying, I, I came to heal sick hearts or broken hearts because out of your heart comes your life. So, so our heart, you know, it's like if you lose heart, um, your life's not going to be energized or going as nicely. So um, the way to avoid disappointment is to be careful of the appointment. In, in other words, be careful of what you're hoping for and the question there is, have I, have I taken lordship uh, over my hopes and uh, control them and, and plan them and have the correct ones, or have I got hopes of others that are put on me, like parents or other peers, workmates, whatever, has put hopes on me that are not my hopes and I'm trying to live their dream and not mine. So um, ones that are continually disappointing are, are, are going to handicap us as far as our peace goes, and uh, our power to be, you know, courage means encouragement, means strengthening of the heart. And uh, this is actually strengthened from disappointment by a desire gained is, is a tree of life. So that is um, finding a plan in something you want to do with your life or you'd like to do with your life and then go do it and not limit it to, to big things. It can be very small things. Uh, like, you know, I haven't washed the car in a couple of weeks. I'll just wash the car today. So so uh, you go do that, and uh, for example, and uh, congratulate yourself afterwards, you know, have a cup of tea or a cake and, and say, yeah, well done. Now look at that car. So this is encouraging oneself, what I'm talking about, and putting the sword to old disappointments. Um, for instance, 
hopes not happening may be something in the past that can never happen now. And it's a continual disappointment as we chew it over and over again in, in our heart and, and feel hurt. So um, the past, you know, Jesus talks to plow in the field. And one of the breads of the tribes of Israel uh, is called uh, uh, the bread of uh, forgetfulness, causing to forget. I think it's Ephraim or Manasseh, one of them, causing to forget. So um, we can't live in the past. I don't believe it's possible. So uh, why relive it today? And um, one could ask himself, are they happy today? And if if we are not happy today, when when are we going to be happy today? Um, could we just enjoy the moment? Could, could it just be that um, eternal life is now <laughs> and it just never ends? It's just made up of now, 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 now. And, and eternal life as we live is, as far as times-wise, is now. We know it's knowing God, which is knowing uh, love, having been filled with love. God is love and knowing the love. And then the moment never ends. So, so to be happy, could we just be happy with now and, and really smell the roses now and forget about the past, throw that in the sea of forgetfulness? And, yes, you make a plan for the future, but you don't need the future to be happy. We can just choose to be happy uh, now. Uh, the next one is uh, number seven, uh, have I cursed anyone? Um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> It's uh, walking in this world, eh? Um, <clears throat> you know, someone bips a horn at you and, you know, before you know it, you're giving them the finger out the out the window. Ooh, jeez, well, I got upset there. Now they got my finger. Hmm. It's just showing you've got a spare one, but they think it's an insult, that type of thing. So, you know, have we cursed anyone? Um, you know, we, we get riled up and um, sometimes we let a few fly. Or have we just cursed them in our heart? walked away and said, you know, I'll, I'll get you back or, you know, you know, whatever. So if we've been cursing, again, curses can come back and um, we can eat that curse. If That's the that's the deal. God said to the snake, you're going to eat what you've done. On the ground you'll go and you'll eat the ground. The ground was cursed, so the snake was eating the curse. Good enough for the snake, it's, it's good enough for us. So we have to be very careful. And uh, if we have cursed someone, and if it's in our power, we, we could be a good idea just to, just to apologise or get it off your chest and uh, forgive yourself and move on. Um, you said it could be coming back, stealing our, our peace. Um, <clears throat> number eight, which is really should be number one, and, but, you know, I left it to number eight uh, because um, it's something that we mentioned, but, but are we really living it? And, you know, um, we're talking about the full armour of God. We can pray it on, you know, I'll pray on the shield of faith or, or the sword of the spirit or the helmet. And, but, but, but really, I believe it has to be lived on. And it's put on by, by faith, but it's lived on to keep it on. Otherwise, it'll fall off. So, you know, can we live the shield of faith? Can we live the breastplate of righteousness? Can, can we forgive? Oh, yeah, I forgive. Yeah, really? Those daydream moments where you find yourself sticking a sword into someone. Can can we really forgive and wish the best for everyone? Okay. It, it, it's, it's we've been hurt. Yeah, so we've been hurt. 
was Jesus hurt? And, you know, did his stripes hurt? So he's got hurt for us. We've been hurt for them. And, um, yeah, we may not feel like it. You know, it's pretty bitter. But am, are we really forgiving, you know, really forgiving? So have, have we totally from the heart wished the best for everyone? From the heart, not just lip service, you know, lived it. You know, if you can, if you can fix it up, fix it up. You can bless them, bless them, and prove it by life. Um, uh, somehow um, we forget about ourselves. Yeah, we've forgiven everyone else, but we can never forgive ourselves for what happened. Oh man, we're just so hard on our own self. Now, um, when we read the scripture, um, we're not our own. We're bought with a price. Don't you know you've died and you've been risen with Christ and you no longer live. It's Christ that lives in you. You've been bought with the precious blood. So we're not even our own. So, so what gives us the right to be hard on our own self? Didn't Jesus die for us too? And isn't it the best for everyone that everyone's forgiven? So, so, so could we, you know, who is the problem? Could we be the problem because we haven't forgiven ourselves and just don't know it? You know, it, someplace it says that Jesus died to take away the guilty conscience. You know, I had a, I had a case with my grandma. Um, you know, she lived till she was about 85 and what? And uh, one day I, I was, had to push her out on the tarmac to the, uh, to the aeroplane. And, you know, they didn't get off to a good start in the marriage and, and uh, my grandfather, you know, didn't uh, didn't honour his family and uh, all sorts of things. And the children ended up in a home and um, not for long, but the grandma went and got her back, got him back. But, I mean, it was enough to put in a, a seed of seed of guilt all the life. And, you know, and I just got in my grandma's ear and said, so what, grandma? You know, it's today. We, we can't change yesterday. Let's let's just be forgiven and go on. And, you know, I believe she got saved in a wheelchair. She went home, joined the Salvos, and um, I'll see her again. But, you know, uh, the, the spirit of this world wants us to be tied like an anchor, you know, fouled, full of rope, and tied right back in the mud of the past. In, instead of, that's the past, this is now, we live in eternity now, and the future's coming. Let's make the change now. Let's do it now. Right now, today is the day of salvation. Now, now, now. So um, have we forgiven ourselves? And that's a good question that only the person and us concerned can answer that. Um, the next one is similar, uh, number nine, which is, I am, am I lying to myself and others? Now, we can be deceiving ourselves because uh, this is part of uh, what the God is teaching us that, that humanity has has the um, <coughs> has has a situation where it can be deceived. We can be deceived, but but I believe because God has written the laws in our hearts and, and given us that that in our heart that we really know deep down if if we are deceiving ourselves. 
you know, I, I got called scumbag of the, <laughs> of the week with the atheists because I used to debate with them on um, YouTube. Anyone looks it up, it's Bayou777, B-A-L-U-777. <clears throat> There's still videos up there where they're, where they're responding because of the, the debating. And um, I, I came to the conclusion that these people, uh, when, you, when you got them in a position of they had nowhere else to go with, with what I called evil evolution, um, they got upset personally. Because what it's doing is um, it's rocking the, pricking the conscience of they know, they know they're, they're in error or, or deceiving themselves. So as a little child, you know, could we go to ourselves and say, am I really deceiving myself? You know, the scripture speaks of casting down imaginations. Have I got delusions, imaginations? Or could the prayer be, God, please save me from delusions? Romans 1 talks about being given a strong delusion. So so we can catch that like a cold if, if we're not careful. Um, that's because they, they never receive a love of the truth or they they start, even though they know God, worshipping their creation. You know, can that be a car? Can, it, can that be a house? Can that be your furnitures? Can that be your hobbies? Can that be anything? in this world you know god's speaking those who love the things of the world the love of god's not in them so could we be praying you know god fill me with the love i receive the love of the truth can i be delivered from strong delusions if i have any we may know we've got them and maybe not wanting to to look at it might be too painful same as forgiveness might be too painful so um, am i lying to myself and lying to others you know, am I living one sort of life and portraying another sort of life? And, you know, I'm walking around guilty because of the guilty, guilty. That's not peace. You know, while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. God loved the world while we were yet sinners. It, we can't earn any more of God's love because while we were sinners, he loved us. So just because we're Christian, we doesn't mean that God isn't loving us enough. So, you know, could could we do something about that double life type of thing? And um, some of it is about bringing the light, bringing to light the darkness. And this is where the brothers and sisters help each other to, to, to talk about it with one another and sort it out somehow with prayer and, and those types of things so that, the, so that the guilt's gone. Could it be that the guilt, guilt, is going to manifest in us illness, unhappiness, even open us for, for spirits to come in. Um, that's 10. Am I? Oh, 10. 10 is uh, interesting, similar to lying to myself, but, but not, not exactly. Uh, <clears throat> number 10 could be, am I opposing myself? Um, Am I shooting myself in the foot? Uh, have I given up and really just want everything to crash? Uh, is it all too hard so I'm just crashing everything? Or has someone who's supposed to be faithful not been faithful? And, and this is where the symptom of that can be self-destruction. Or uh, someone has abused me who's supposed to be faithful, someone's disappointed me that's supposed to be faithful, 
<clears throat> someone's molested me or harmed me or or ripped me off who's supposed to be faithful. You know, it can be like a parent writing some someone out of their will. <coughs> Excuse me. So this is causes an effect uh, that's in the scripture in the story of Tamar where she was raped by a half-brother whose name means faithful. So has that happened to me? Uh, am I opposing myself? And and should I just realize that, that, that wow, that's no good. God loves me. Uh, um, he's not happy with me opposing myself because he's for me. So um, could I ask for forgiveness for opposing myself and ask God to help restore the damage, forgive the other party, forgive myself. Uh, Tamar said she's worthless, basically it says. She says she's worthless, feels worthless, putting ash on her head. She opposes herself, rips up the colour in her life. Like, you know, everything I ever want to do, I'm not doing now. Fail this, fail that, because I feel betrayed and I'm just opposing myself now. What's the use? That type of thing. Can, can that be taken out peace? So um, this is the abuse of the faithful. Uh, have a look at that, anyone, um, especially, uh, you know, especially uh, a lot of ladies, you know, like the, the, like the guys, um, unfortunately, in the world, they, they, they want to lie and sell anything and deceive ladies and then use them and then get rid of them like, like Tamar's brother. So um, this is the prayer to, to, to turn to God and say, sorry for hurting myself. Can you help me get my colour back in my life and, and to get my heart encouraged and, and to go forward? And part of that is maybe doing something for you, maybe maybe doing strengthening you, then you can strengthen others. You know, what's the best for everyone? Well, it's not the best for everyone if you suffer and everyone else goes well. Like Jesus already died for us. We're to take up our cross and follow him as far as our cross is the benefit the payback for the blood and body of Jesus. It's the riches in glory being given to us by inheritance. It's it's the judgment to our enemies. It's it's the it's the supply of all our needs. So that's something that we could have a really look at. Am I opposing myself? Um, going back to number nine, um, realizing that with lying and lying to others. There's a scripture in Zechariah 5 which says about a flying scroll that goes throughout the whole earth and it causes um, a curse for those that bear false witness and lie and steal. And and this is where um, it's in the scripture, you know, uh, this guy says he was a tax collector and he was going to pay back all the money he stole and stuff and Jesus said salvation has come to this house. And uh, we, we'll be careful of that because that flying scroll is looking to destroy, it says, the timbers and the stones in a person's house. It's just, just going to destroy everything if we get in the way of that thing. You can read it in Zechariah 5. Uh, number 11, um, am I judging others? <laughs> and, uh, yes, we're to judge situations, judge what's going on, judge the devil, uh, judgment is given to the saints. We, we're to be doing righteous judgment, which I believe is the right way, judging the right way. But riding a high horse, riding a high horse is a bit dangerous because um, it's fallen off that really hurts. 
and this is in Genesis 49 when the story of Dan, which means a judge, the tribe of Dan, says uh, Dan will be a serpent by the way and bite the rider's hoof, the horse's hoof, not the rider, but the hoof, which is what you're riding on, your wife, what's happening? It's going to get bitten and then you're going to fall off backwards, it says. So the rider falls off backwards. Uh, this I believe in believers, this I believe in anyone, but uh, with believers, start riding on your high horse um, and and for sure you, you're going to come a gutsa. And um, uh, that's one just to think about. I'd, I'd rather hop off the high horse than fall off. <laughs> it's not so bad. So um, am I judging others? That's just one thing to think about. You know, what other people are lords of their life. They're sailing their ship on the ocean of life and, and uh, what business is it of ours? Yes, we, we can warn, but we're told to warn in wisdom, in love, in patience, being patient, yeah? Not being a, a holier than thou, which, which, which the world knows even stinks. So, so we're all corrupted. They're corrupted, we're corrupted, and their life is their business, that they're kings of their life. So let's have faith that God has written in their heart the laws and they know and that by living the example ourselves they can see something that they didn't see so rather than being a, a high horse rider you know why not lead the high horse why not show it and 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 do it so um that may release us from the fall that's all i'm saying you know it's the ouch falling ouch gonna fall right so um, these are things that can be taking our peace. Um, what, why would we have peace anyway? Well, would it be that God who made us said we were good, he, he made Adam and was good, maybe walking in peace is, is what God Almighty who made us, loves to see, hey, my, my creation's working how I made it. Maybe that's the reason. And could we be happy with that? So number 12. Number 12 is one that's a pretty sneaky one, and um, uh, i just sum up with uh, the points here with number 12 because um, there are many, many points, and, um, you know, we can go on and on and on. But the main goal in, in the talk today is to get the attitude of questioning going, questioning ourselves. If we judge ourselves, um, we're not going to be judged. How about that? You know, let's let's look inside ourselves. It might not be nice. Who cares? God wants to fix it. We want to be at peace, so it's a win. So number twelve, where am I seeking my comfort from? And um, am I seeking comfort in all other places except for God? God's spirit is is not the Holy Spirit being given to us to be a comforter. Isn't God wanting us to be comforted? Isn't he wanting us to feel comforted like a holding a baby, you know, mum feeding the baby, the love, which, which is the milk, the love, feeding the baby, baby's feeling secure and comfortable. But, you know, if the baby keeps running, you know, to strangers or running out all around the place, can't get the same love as the dedicated mum. So, so why, why would we want to be going running anywhere else first? And and this can point to addictions, 
can point to all sorts of things to know what they are, whatever they are. One has to ask, am I running to this before I'm running to God? And um, uh, I, I think that God loves us that much and has given us that much authority that if we want to run to other things for comfort, he let us, of course, and, and then we don't get the peace that we would have got had we have run to him. That's all. And I think it might be frustrating for God when he's saying, listen, you know, like that scripture comes to mind, oh, Israel, how I love you like a mother's hand and put my wings out and bring the chicks in, you know, but you but you ran away from me. And and that's the heart. That's love, wanting to love us. And if we can get under that wings of God, maybe, maybe we feel, you know, a lot more peaceful. So um, bring me to um, uh, a scripture that um, we, that we could talk about um, because uh, there's debates out there on what the grace, you know, I want to raise the subject of grace, uh, what the grace, what is grace, what, what's grace got to do with our peace and, and um, uh, you know, people can misuse grace or, or they can't rely just on grace or whatever. But um, do we know what grace really is and um, uh, do we know how it works? Uh, the scripture rings into the mind. Paul was having trouble with a thorn and God said, the grace is enough for you. It's in my grace. The grace is there for you. Uh, God was praying, you know, Paul, sorry, was praying to God saying, get this out of me, get this out of me. And, and God's saying, oh, well, I've done it. The grace does it. Uh, you're going about it the wrong way, Paul. It's the grace that's going to sort that out for you. And it's interesting, it's never mentioned again. And, and I think maybe Paul, you know, just summarising there, but uh, got over that. Yeah. So um, what is grace? Uh, some people say it's unmerited favour. Is it? Um, sometimes it can be merited. And uh, like a person goes to court and a, and a judge sees they've been pretty good, um, might go for a driving thing and they've got a good driving record. So the judge offers grace because the person was good and deserved the grace. So um, there's a dangerous in assumption in just one explanation for something and call, calling that everything. Um, you know, could, be, could grace just be love given no matter what or love given, a, a love always available, love given, a gift, free, unearned or earned or whatever it's it's favor given could grace be god's loving kindness to us that um yes we can have and yes we can abuse it but you know it may not go over well but uh you know is grace love in action does it take two to have love does it does for grace to exist? Uh, there need to be a recipient, a giver, and a recipient. Otherwise, where's the grace? Is grace an interaction? All sorts of nice things we can think about grace, and where God is set up through His plan of redemption, an immovable grace that's that that will meet any condition of sin. As sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. You know, and we're thinking about sin. 
could sin be just be offence, whatever offensive? Could could you be sinning against yourself by leaving a guilty conscience there and not taking advantage of the cross to fix it up? Uh, could could we be right in law and our life and everything else, but but be having offence in our heart over something? Um, you know, we got Eve broke the law, a sin. Cain didn't break a law. I didn't see a law there. Maybe he broke a moral law, killed his brother, or offended his brother by taking his life, where there was no law. And to do well is maybe that's to not be offensive to all, the best for everyone, best for me, best for the others, best for everyone. And um, could sin be just be offensiveness? You know, we see people debate all over the place. Uh, on the net and and they're right, but they're being offensive, you know, we're all guilty of that So I suppose at a different time, but the thing is is that is grace there Grace there Riding above offense Grace is not offensive grace is fixing the offense or satisfying the condition of, of forgiveness Like what is the remedy that's available? I heard a guy talking about what is the remedy, the only remedy available for us all? And would that remedy be forgiveness? And is grace forgiveness? Could grace be the cross? Could grace be God forgiving us all? Uh-huh. So Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Now here it comes. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. How does strength become strong in weakness? Would it be that our problems are a a fantastic chance for God to show his strength? Paul saying, most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities. He, He wants to glorify in his problem that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Hey, have we ever thought of giving thanks for our problems? Oh, thank you, God, this situation's coming like this. I can have a chance to see you move. I can see your power come and rest upon me. Hey, would that be the glory of God to fix something up for you? Wouldn't we feel good, you know, watching God fix it than we got to fix it in our own strength? What would be nicer? to receive the benefit of the cross and watch God move and fix our life no matter how bad it was and he fixed it, fixed the circumstance, turned it all around, yeah, rubbed it in the face of the devil and wouldn't that be fun and give us peace? You know, could it be the attitude that God's looking for um, so that he can show that he really loves us, not we just read about it? Could, could we live it, live the ride the bike of God loving us? And would these problems be a chance for him to love us? So, um, yeah, we can see the correct attitude. Could we see the power of God come because we've got problems? Yeah, we could see God move because we've got problems. And if we've done all we can and we stand and and it's foolishness to them that are perishing, but to, to us it's the power. 
you know, could, could that be encouraging? So um, it goes on in Psalm, Psalm uh, 23. He sets up a table in the presence of our enemies. Could, could it be without enemies we don't get a table? Oh, no, I think we would. But, but, but the table, that's, that's, he's setting up what he's done for us. He's his table. Like your family, you're, you're invited to the kitchen table of God to sit there and, and be part of the family. Is that set up for specifically our problems? And, and like, could, the, could praying for God to set up a table help? Oh, God, I've got these problems. Can you set up a table for me for these problems in the presence? Could it be the communion table? And where would that table be? Have a think about where is God going to set up that table? Where does he say it's set up? I'll leave that for later, but that's in the scripture somewhere. So in Romans 5, 21, he's saying, that sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Here we have a situation here in this scripture to think about. Uh, sin has reigned unto death. So sin by itself has been king, reigning to death on its own through nothing else but itself. That's mean offence has just been lured and caused death. But even so, might grace reign. Grace can reign too, but it needs to reign, or it's described as reigning through righteousness. Yeah. Grace reigns through righteousness. So here we see that grace cannot be really abused if a, if a person is wanting grace how can they get it if they're not walking properly it's shut off to them grace that's our fail safe grace is not available it reigns and is king through righteousness so grace may reign through righteousness unto eternal life amen God is saying sin just reigns on itself, kills everyone, but grace has got a condition of righteousness. And in this way, we can never think, I can never think, I don't know, that anyone can even abuse grace because it reigns through righteousness. So if grace is not in our life, have we set it up so it can be? Could, could we look at what what righteousness is? It's the question. What is righteousness? What is it? Some say, oh, it's right standing with God. Well, I read that God is righteous too. So who does he right stand with? Hmm? Is it more than just keeping a rule? Like Cain just didn't need, need a rule to, to be unrighteous. Could it be righteousness is just the right way, what we've been talking about, the right thing to do, the right way, correctness, right, being right, correct, proper. Grace rules through being correct and proper. So so if we were going to 
if we were going to have grace rule in our, our life, would it be that we fulfill all righteousness, the right thing, the proper way, walk in forgiveness, get rid of the idolatry, mm -hmm. stop lying in those things. It's, it's not to please God, it's to allow us to receive the grace, to let grace be on the throne and peace also to be ruling and reigning in our life. It's called the breastplate to guard our heart. Could it be that if we're walking wrong, we, we, we can pray or we like put on a breastplate of righteousness and it's not going to go on. It's got to be lived on. It's just going to attach as soon as we get our attitude set. So, so for instance, you know, someone's going to court over something and, and they're going to go and argue. Um, would arguing be really righteousness? Well, yeah, but it wasn't my fault. Well, well, Jesus said, if I testify about myself, it's a lie. It's not true. Would, would it be better going in and, and asking them to prove what they're claiming and, and trying to help them, looking for the best for everyone, and, and going in there not to get out of something? Because if we're going in to get out of something, we're already in it and admitting we're in it by fighting to get out of it. Could it be we've condemned ourselves? Like you're even trying to get out of stuff. Like in this business of being saved, how can we lose? How can we ever be in anything? And didn't Jesus say everything's forgiven? The grace is sufficient. As sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Where's our faith? Could it be could it be going to argue with, with someone and win? Wanting to win? Could could it be unforgiving? Could it be doing revenge? Could it be being selfish? You know, you yeah, you got two TVs and someone needs a TV, or you got you know you got a spare this or that and someone needs it and you don't even use it. And um, could it be sh not sharing, covetousness? You know, the guy wanted to build bigger barns. Um, he, he, he's saying, I'm going to have an easy life. I'm going to build myself bigger barns because my harvest is terrific. Praise the Lord, I'm blessed. And God calls him a fool because because I was thinking, did he think to share his excess? <laughs> he saved you the cost of the bigger barns. Just share your overload. Give it away. Sell it cheap. Give it away or whatever. Who needs it? Like, can it be trying to hang on to ownership of something? My kids, my house, my car, my things, our body. Who owns our body? Last time I checked, it's made from the dirt of this earth and all the dirt stays here. We die and leave it behind. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. Could that be stealing our peace and could that be walking in unrighteousness enough to stop the grace coming? Psalm 23.3 says, he restores my soul. And this is along with restoring. He lead me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Is it he wants us to walk correctly because he made us and his name's on us. Aren't we his name? Aren't we in his family? Haven't we got the family name of Jesus now? We've been born again. 
So could it be to have continual grace ruling in our life that if we just walked the right way, it would happen? Not earning it, but allowing it condition to rule could grace be there for us if we just put it on the throne so for the it says here in Corinthians Second uh, Corinthians 3 9 for the ministration of condemnation be glory much more does the ministration of righteousness exceeding glory what is that there's an administration, a handing out, ministrate, means like to, to dispense or hand out or minister righteousness through, because grace is coming through it and it's going to exceed, exceed more than the condemnation side of things. So whatever the badness is, is the problem, the administration of righteousness is going to exceed it to the glory of God who made us all. And, and I believe it started, starts in the, in, in the live and let live in our mind, the stop judging in the, in the blessing, the best for everyone, trusting that God is on the throne. Can it start that way and bring us to peace that nothing can harm us, we can't lose. The, the early martyrs lost their life. Did they lose? No. They got crowns. Could this administration of righteousness or the right way, the administration of the right way, could it be the key to the power of God in our life where nothing's going to touch us, where, where there might be a storm on the horizon and it goes around us just because God said, no, there's grace there ruling. You, can, you can't blow over a grace person. You might get blown over for a bigger cause, but the thing is is that we can't lose blown over or not blown over. Romans 6.14, the old passage, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under law, but under grace. But grace ruling through righteousness. Grace rules in the right thing. Without the right thing going on, righteousness, how can grace come? What is our only remedy? As we said, is, is it forgiveness the only remedy? Then would it make sense to walk in total forgiveness, total the right thing? Could this be the way to power in this life? Could this be the way we get to sit down at the table? And do the proper communion. If we look at Luke 22, verse 29 to 30, we see Jesus speaking. I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father has appointed unto me. He's walking the earth in the kingdom of his father, showing how it works. Now he's given us one, saying that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. Could the prayer be appointed to me to eat at the table of grace? Have we ever asked to eat there? The table, it says here, is in the kingdom. 
where is the kingdom? I think there's a scripture that says the kingdom of God, behold, the kingdom of God is within us. That means the table of judgment, the table of grace is already inside us. And that comes right back up to what I was talking about there. Maybe we should look inside us to the table of grace of God for our solutions to get peace installed. So could the start of it all be to forgive oneself? Without forgiveness, there's no, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin and the blood was shed so that we can have remission of sin and the only remission of sin remedy is forgiveness. Could we be blocking everything because we didn't forgive ourselves? Just a question. In, in 1 Kings chapter 10, we have an example of the table and it's interesting, it's a King Solomon's table and Solomon's name is peace. So the peace is the, is the core goal of communion. It's there in the example there, the table of peace, the gospel. Now, could it be that without water baptism, we're going to have problems with righteousness ruling and reigning and receiving grace? You know how many people I, I get to talk to are many are not water baptized and they've been going to churches for years. And um, I believe it's a misunderstanding and a, and, and a, and a, a shame be, because if we read the passage here in Matthew 3.13. Then Jesus comes from Galilee to Jordan and to John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I need to be baptized of thee and comest now to me. And Jesus answering him said unto him, Suffer it be now, for thus it becometh to us, us, to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered and Jesus was baptized. Went up straight away out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, who I am well pleased. So, could this not being baptized block grace so we can have righteousness and grace ruling in our life? Could we have been baptized with unforgiveness in our heart, bitterness or unrepenting, stealing and lying and all these other things? John the Baptist said, be baptized and have the fruit of repentance so what I'd suggest is if people who are, you know, any of us uh, persons that are uh, feel that they were in a wrong attitude when they originally got baptized, go and get baptized again. Do fasting and prayer and come to come to a, a, an attitude, a mindset of, of all of those things that are right, then get baptized again. Because it said, lo, the heavens were opened unto him. Could it be that we've been baptized incorrectly and, lo, the heavens are not opened unto us? They're closed. Mm -hmm. Heaven didn't hear or the water witnessed that we're in unforgiveness and, and, and we, access was shut. Mm -hmm. Could it be we were baptized at a baby and didn't even know? And, and really, how can we call that the witness of the Spirit says here, three things witness on earth, the water, the blood, and the spirit, little s. 
our spirit. The other things witness in heaven, including the Holy Spirit, witnesses in heaven, not on earth and heaven. It's in one place, heaven. Even though the Holy Spirit is on earth, it's still witnessing in heaven for us. How can our spirit witness as a baby? So the heavens opened up to him. So maybe if we got problems that are not getting solved, the heavens haven't been opened. Could it be worthwhile getting rebaptized? I've rebaptized people and they're manifested in the water, getting baptized <laughs> right there and there in front of everyone. We do it. We do it down the beach. So Jesus said, "I am the way." And he led the way, being baptized when he was older. So how could we not follow? You know, and and I put an appeal out to pastors: Why you make it so hard? I, I get whinging and complaining all the time. If pastors are making it hard for people to get baptized, if someone asks you, why not do it straight away? Are you responsible if they die between now and when you finally get around to baptizing them? Isn't the isn't the order going to all the world and baptize? You know, we have to even go and do the extreme and do it over Skype because the people can't get baptized. It's a bit of a shame. So um, if we have a look at Solomon's table, we've got Solomon, name means peace. It says the sitting of his servants, that's ministers at the table, that's sitting at the table, ministering, having communion. And I um, I'm suggest have communion every single day dinner time when the sun's going down because that's the beginning of the next day it'll close off access of demonic forces in dreams because you're covered for the night season um it says their apparel that's his righteousness jesus said put on seek his righteousness how do we seek his righteousness his right way it's his right way by believing God, it was put on Abraham's account as righteousness. You know, could it be we're living what we believe? If we really are in unbelief, we're going to live it. If we believe, we're going to live it. Huh? We're going to show the fruit of what we believe. How's our fruit? That's going to smear what our belief is. Are we believing in his way? In other words, doing his way giving, all these sorts of things, forgiving, giving, being in love, the best. You know, some people some people debating on the internet, you know, and they want to fight. How can I fight you? How can I argue? Why don't we ask the question, how can I help you? How can I understand you? Or do you want me to understand you? It says he's cupbearers. That's the cup of salvation. Doesn't it say, taste and see the Lord is good? Drink from the, the cup of my inheritance. Our inheritance is given. We're given our own cup. The inheritance promised to us, the mystery, the inheritance of salvation. Could we be missing out on even drinking from that cup because we haven't sat down in righteousness the right way? We haven't sat down the right way. Their accent to the house of the Lord, to the throne of grace. Have we ascended boldly? How can we go boldly with guilt? 
how can we go boldly with unforgiveness and all those things hanging us, holding us down, weighing us down? And then it said there was no more spirit in her. That's deliverance. This is the rewiring or the, or the reinstalling of the software of humanity. We've got a spirit in us. Adam was, a spirit was breathed into Adam, the breath of life, the software that booted Adam up. Then the virus came, unclean spirits invading our bodies and operating our bodies. Paul says, when I do what I don't want to do, it's a law of sin working in my members. It's another software program working. Deliverance is cleaning out that, that software and getting an infill of a new spirit, a new heart from God so that we can be rewired into the wonderful uh, crown of his creation. When we're falling short and we found ourselves running a virus and doing what we don't want to do, like getting angry or whatever it is, we can go to God and say, God, I've got a problem. I need rewiring. I need, to, I need a re-software, a reboot, a restore. You know, sort me out, deliver me, fill me with the right spirit, like David said. And the name Sheba means oaths forgiven, like it's the seven-folded oaths. You know, could we go to God and say, please get me off the hook from the promises and the oaths I've got binding me. Deliver me from them. Put a right spirit in me. Could that lead us to more peace? You know. To, you know, could it be once we're turning to God with the right attitude, that we receive the throne of grace in our life and come to peace. And this is the path of peace. It's a lifetime path where parts of us are fixed and more is needing to be fixed and more as we go on and on and on. So then when we're fixed, as we're fixed, learning how to be fixed, we can put our hand down and help brother and sister up help someone else up who, who's got no hope or little hope or who needs help? Could it be that putting our trust in God, that this does and, and that our trust in God, that God does things the right way, could that be that saves us by, by getting out of the way, letting God have a go? Hmm? Psalm 31 verse 1 says, In thee, O Lord, I do, put, I, do I put my trust. Let, let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Hmm. Could deliverance just be that far away from us to turn and do things the right way? Could we come to deliverance? Could we deliver ourselves? You know, could God give us the power that we could deliver ourselves. something wrong going on, say, come out and get that out, get something restored. Could it be calling for love to come into the earth that is calling the kingdom to come? Could the kingdom of God be love in action, love walking, the right thing going on? Like God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you know, all those near-death experiences, people going to heaven, they say the love is enormous. 
you know, is, are we going to be unforgiving in heaven? Are we, we going to be stealing from each other, lying in heaven? Somewhere I read there's no more tears. So could we live it now? Heaven coming to earth. Could it be that God has made the way that we can live like that? No matter what. Um, Judges 4 talks of the milk putting to sleep C. Sierra in battle array. C. Sierra means battle array. The story, I don't know if people know, he says in Judges 4.19, it says, C. Sierra, which is battle array, said to her, please give me a little water to drink for I'm thirsty. She opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. Looks like milk represents God's love, putting to sleep all in your battling against you. Is, is it more than just what's going on in you? Can it also be the postman hates you and lose a letter or the boss or family? Is that the reason why God might have said or Jesus said, love your enemies? Could it be praying that, you, that the love of God comes into your enemy's life, might put to sleep everything fighting you? Where's the love? Someone arguing with you, you can ask, where's the love in this conversation? Um, could this be the way of peace? That's things I've just been thinking about. So there's some scriptures here. The kingdom of God is within you. That's Luke 17, 21. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's Luke 12, 32. So, so there's no doubt that God wants you and me to have it. There, it looks like no doubt. Uh, when cast out devils, no doubt, the kingdom of God has come. That's Luke eleven twenty. 20. As you're getting deliverance, it's hallelujah, the kingdom's here. Healing the sick, the same. The kingdom of God has come nigh unto you, Luke 10, 9. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven, Matthew 6.10. That means it's possible for heaven's will to be done in our life on earth. That's got to bring peace. Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. That's Daniel 7.22. We have in our hand righteous judgment against Satan, against the powers of darkness, and we have possession of the kingdom of heaven at hand. Can we meet the condition of the right way for grace to rule? Could the problem, the path of peace, be found within us? And is that the last place we're looking for it? It says in Psalm 16.5, The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my, and of my cup. Isn't the New Testament, the new will and testament, the inheritance of Jesus? And we have a portion of it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Psalm 34, 8. Well, I, I don't know how long we got there, Shannon. But uh, that was what was coming up when I was thinking about today. My brother, this has been a great teaching today. Um, before we close tonight, I want to invite you to uh, go and get this in the archive if you're coming in late. I tell you, brother, you, you blow me away every time you, you come on and teach. God has given you some deep 
truths and revelations because you've been studying his word. And uh, I want you to tell people about the project God gave you and where you're at with it. It's called the Names Amplification Bible. Tell us about that. And also, um, you know, I've learned a lot through your teachings. And uh, I was talking about a little bit one of the teachings you've done on there's deliverance at the Lord's table. I want you to tell people about that website too. And um, we're encouraging Peter to put all this material that he can uh, up on his website that you can go and get these teachings and begin to use it Uh, as well as listening to the audios. Those are free download. I encourage you to get them. But um, I'm really interested in uh, learning more, my brother, what God's shown you and using it to destroy the host of hell and take back the land and, and grow further in my faith. So I've really enjoyed the teachings you brought this far, and I want to encourage people to go over there and get them from the websites and check out the new project. That's uh, the, the project he's been working on for a while, but it's um, it's uh, going to be available for you out there pretty soon to get a copy of it in hard copy. Yeah. Tell us about all this. Yeah, it's called the Names Amplification Bible. Um, hang on, I've got it here. I remember a couple years ago, I was still in Gainesville. You had told me that God had put on your heart to undertake this project, and I think you worked like tirelessly six weeks straight just in the first draft. Yeah, and it's been like four or five years since, and I finally got it ready to print. Here's a draft of the book. It's a nice cover, and... um, uh, where we're at now, we've, we've done all the final drafting on uh, uh, by uh, the word processor. And I'm just checking, you know, all the written pages. And um, we're going to push the button to print it any day now. So um, it'll be available in the new year. It's just in the price of a normal Bible. And um, fantastic! it's got the meaning of, meaning of the names in it. There's 17% of the Bible are names. And that, and that, by the meaning of the names, that's how we found out about Tamar's rape was done by someone who should be faithful. And then the penny drops. Oh, this is abuse of the faithful. This God's got clues in the names. And, and without this names Bible, very, very difficult because some pages have like 10 names on them. How are you going to concentrate and look up in dictionaries the names? And it's just too hard to keep your train of thought going. But as you read this Bible, the revelations just hit you in the face. 17%, 33,000 entries of names we don't understand, and we're missing the color of the Bible. So uh, never been done in history. Everyone that's ever looked at the Bible never never dwelled on them to do it. And uh, praise the Lord, it was, it was given to me to do, you know. And, and I have to say, you know, I used to, open the window and jump out of my English classes. I never went to them. <laughs> and then <laughs> I find myself being an author of the Bible or a virgin. <laughs> Classic, eh? It's fantastic, no. I think, uh, what you're doing. So you have a, you took a King James Bible as your base, and then you begin <laughs> yeah. to um, take and define the names. So you can see the significance yes. behind them, understand that, you know, there's other layers to what you've, mm. you've been reading and passing over. A deep meaning with the names yeah, we're missing and locations. 
yeah, we're missing it. Like the name of Cain means possession. The name Abel means breath. So you, right there you have possession kills the breath, you know, just in the names. And Jesus knew the meaning of all these names, and, and we need it for the revelation in the last days. I, I can't read another Bible now because I'm always trying to think what the name meant, and I feel I'm missing something. So uh, we hopefully this will will go out, and um, the, it's going to be my my job to get it out. Uh, but it's been uh, people's been helping funding it uh, to get it out because uh, you've got to like order a thousand copies. It's a bit of money, but it's 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 happening. It's happening. So um, it's a blessing to everyone. Anybody who wants one when it first comes out, I'm happy to sign it. You know, number it or sign it and make it a collector one. For anybody who wants them, uh, they'll be, you know, between 25 30 bucks US, something like that. Oh, and, fantastic. Um, it's going to help us get out there, you know. How many pages do you there. think that the book is going to be? It's 1,052 pages. Okay. Um, I'll just show you here. I don't have video on, so I can't see it, but um, if you described oh, it, okay. um, 1,052. Yeah, it looks like a phone book. looks like a phone book in the... <laughs> Amazing. In the, uh, the, in the printing. Yeah. So you can so, order um, a um, paper copy of that, and you also have a PDF yeah. available. Is that true? Yeah, the, the PDF's available free. Just email me, peterwiffen at hotmail.com, W-H-I-F-F for Facebook, I for Igloo, N for Nelly, at hotmail.com. And um, there's a website names amplification bible.com and it's on link to my facebook page peter whiffen at hotmail.com and there's also a link i think on his kingdoms table.com which is what you were talking about with the teachings there everything there is free and uh there's the deliverance at the table booklet which has been fantastic that's gone everywhere all over the place and uh, always getting testimonies back, that booklet really helps people, leads them to peace at the communion table. Peter, I say congratulations why. to you on what you're doing here in the research and uh, at the communion table, whoever it's at the, Lord, the mm. communion table. Um, keep up this good work, my brother. Will, mm. It's um, good. We'll if someone wants to reach you, Peter Whiffen at hotmail.com? Okay. Yep. Yeah, now, at Hotmail, and um, I'm happy to send a copy of the Bible uh, on PDF because, you know, it's whatever it doesn't cost, doesn't cost, and we just share, right? That's right. That's the right thing to do. But the, yeah. but the printed one, we've got to print it and pay for it. So, you know, it's got Absolutely. to charge for it. But that's different. And, you know, if you'd like to uh, support his ministry, I'd encourage you to do that. Um, can they use that email address also as a PayPal? If they'd like to help yeah. uh, support this work? Yeah. Yeah, what I like to do is uh, I got some brothers and sisters overseas in Pakistan. Remember, we helped the brick, the the guy, the brick maker guy. Yes. And um, we got a little school there. They got me to name it. It's called Charlo School of Peace. And um, what we got is, uh, you know, the uh, unfortunately the uh, people call themselves Muslims. They 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 want to oppress everyone that's not believed like them. And uh, these poor kids don't get a chance at much. And um, they're destined to be toilet cleaners for the Muslims. 
So this lady's got this school going, trying to lift them up so that they can go overseas and get work, help their families. And um, some people have been sending me some money on PayPal, which I've sent straight over to them. And uh, it lifts them up and lets them know that we in the West who've got a few bucks love them. And um, I just got a case of one man. He's a Muslim family all his life, but he's decided uh, it's called by the Lord and he's getting baptised, but his life is in very big danger. They're threatening to kill him. And uh, we, we just dream if we can get together a couple of bucks, not much, four or five hundred bucks to, to send him to overseas to work um, so that he's out of danger. He, he, can, he can get a job uh, in the Middle East there somewhere away from his local town. But these are just sort of things that's happening. I, I don't ask for any money for myself. I, I, you know, God is just Shannon amazing. You know, um, I, I, I've been given a little little job. It's just a living and uh, it was given to me. And um, seems like every time we're short, something comes in, something happens. But uh, it's a chance for people to show their love. Uh, if, they, if they've got a bit of extra, don't build a bigger barn. You know, send it over. We'll we send it to them and, and get them to contact you with your thanks and everything else. So I checked it out. Uh, I, I, many ask, and um, I just pick one that I believe is legitimate and know they're legitimate and look after them, you know? Just, Fantastic. You can't help everyone. can't help everyone. God, God said to me, just help one, you know? Just, just help one and one time. So Thank you for what maybe you're we doing. Get the, <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord, eh? No, you were so maybe say we so. get get the boat, eh? And we we uh, next year maybe we we'll see, and um, uh, we'll get the use of one, and uh, we'll pray about that. Come up there and go to some outer islands and introduce Jesus to kids and people that would never have seen it, because there's no no motel on those islands, you know. That'd be pretty amazing. And uh, we want to also maybe um, we. We also want to get a deliverance school up here, a conference. Basically, um, Joseph Jasinski has been here twice before to do a school of deliverance. So I was talking to him. He would awesome. like to come back. And um, I was contacted by Pastor Michael Thier of Hegwish. And the original church that uh, Wynn Worley was over here and taught at a couple decades ago, back in, I guess, the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's still in existence, and although the pastors have since died, um, the, some of the people that were going there at the time when came through are still there, and uh, they translated most of his books to Indonesian. I, I didn't know that, which is pretty awesome. It means I don't have to mm. work on it, because <laughs> we did <laughs> one of them, and uh, we were going to do more. Well, um, we've linked up with them. They're up in Jakarta, and then Brother Joseph has a local... Uh, friend here named Brother Chad who's got a church in Bali. I was thinking mm-hmm. perhaps we could um, do that school of deliverance in Jakarta, mm-hmm. do it in Bali, and then we have another contact over in Papua. And uh, if, if all awesome. that comes together, if God brings about, we'll bring you in. Be part of that. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. something. I'd love to come up. We've been talking come up about. And uh, have some fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to come over and, you know, and see you. Even, uh, even if we get the boat, uh, we could, people could come on it, you know, for adventure evangelism. That's a great idea you got, i tell you. Um, Spend their holidays, you know, get a, have a holiday and adventure evangelism and have the best for everyone. Everyone win. 
You've got you some know? great ideas. In, in fact, one of your ideas is to have a regular school of deliverance. That's it. Which I think yeah. um, is fantastic. What I was talking about was just um, one trip that Brother Joseph would come over from Canada. But you're talking about actually building a school, and I think that's a fantastic idea also. And um, mm. I'm People can to- come, you know, on their vacation and uh, have fun, meet other ones who want to do it and uh, learn, and then have the local uh, evangelism meetings to go and test it, you know, learn by riding a bike, doing it. Peter's got a lot of great ideas, both yeah, ministry fun, and know? other. God gives him some pretty awesome uh, commercial ideas, too. He's yeah. talked a little bit about yeah, it in the past. Them. I believe in God. <laughs> He'll do more. Uh, Peter, I want to thank yeah. you for coming on. Folks, if you want to contact him, again, Peter Whiffin at Hotmail.com. If you'd like to support his ministry, you can do so with that as a PayPal. And check out hiskingdomstable.com. Peter, yeah. would you like to uh, close it in prayer? Yeah, i got a prayer for everyone. If, um, if people want to join in the prayer and uh, see if they can um, uh, walk down the closer road to peace. Um, so here's the prayer. Pray along if you want. Dear Father in heaven, please let your love come into all of our life. Please let it be appointed for us to know your mysteries, your power to overcome and truth. Let me experience your wonders and see your glory and feel your love and come to peace and rest as an overcomer. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, we pray. I say amen. amen. And Father God, in the name of Jesus, amen. I ask you bless Brother Peter. Bless everyone that is tuned in tonight. Give him favor. Expand his territories, ministry. Give him more witty inventions. And the resources, God, that he can do full-time ministry worldwide and travel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Praise the Lord for everyone. My friend, I want to thank you for working around the schedule today, making time for us. We love you. And we'll see you next time, Peter. All right. Uh, Blessings and uh, see you next time. God bless. Bye. That was Peter Whiffen. I want to thank him for coming on. Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you.